Is this the Owens residence? I'm Mr. Belvedere. everyone this is angela bowen the host of tea time with mr belvedere it's been a bit since uh, i covered a mr belvedere episode the last one was that special episode the season four finale of mr belvedere entitled the counselor and we are doing another wesley episode this is from season five season five episode 12 entitled spot in this episode, George brings home a dog for Wesley. Now we know that Wesley has already received two dogs. I think one in season two and one in season three. Both of them. The first one was taken away because I believe... I'm trying to think. Well, wait a minute. I think, no, it was both. They were both in season three. One was the deportation episode where Wesley cheated on a test in school. And the other one was because he faked Inky's death so he could get a dog. And then Wesley feels so guilty that he ends up giving the dog to the senior citizen home. So Wesley's about, in season five, he's got to be at least 12 years old by this time. He's a little older, his voice is deeper, he's got braces, which I don't know if that's a part on the character or if this is the actor himself needing braces. And I think that George is also, I thought he was a sports anchor in season four. Now he's covering, he was covering a story down at um, the animal shelter and the reason he takes the dog and gives it to Wesley is because the dog was like a minute away from a lethal injection to put it to sleep. So George definitely did not get this dog from a no-kill animal shelter. This episode has a 7.6 out of 10 based on 16 ratings on IMDb. The episode was directed by Don Corvin, writers Frank Dungan, the creator, Jeff Stein, also the creator, Gwen Davenport, based on the character Belvedere, created by N.J., Abramowitz. Abramowitz? I'm guessing this episode was written by him. This episode also aired on January 13th, 1989. So we are in the official last year of the 80s at this point. Because I believe the show ended in 1990. Because I think it didn't. Mr. Belvedere must have went into syndication for the last two seasons because some of these plots for upcoming episodes, which I'm not, like I said, I don't cover every single episode of Mr. Belvedere. I covered quite a bit. But some of the stuff for (laughs) the last two seasons are outright bonkers. Like this. You know that Marsha has been working for the last four seasons going to school to become a lawyer. Listen to this. It's called Marsha's Secret. When Marsha becomes unhappy with the law job she got, she quits and becomes a waitress but doesn't tell the family. And a friend of Kevin's named Carl, he gets Kevin to join a contest wherein they could win a car if they hold on to the car the longest. I saw that, something like that, in an episode of Kyle XY. There's even an episode where Belvedere inherits a donut shop, which they were pulling, like, storylines out of their fucking ass at that point. That, like, you did such a good job with making the stories pretty decent in the first four seasons, but I'm guessing they got different writers, because this is... What, so now that it's in syndication for the final two seasons, you just, like, make up the stupidest bullshit? These characters that we've grown to love and somewhat respect and watch them grow in different, you know, ways with with careers and everything like that, and you're just making them do things that are so uncharacteristic for, for them, but... Let's jump into this. Um, the final two seasons, season five and six, of Mr. Belvedere are not available on DVD. So I had to do a little bit of hunting, went on YouTube, and I found... I pretty much got all of season five and six, because I got seasons one through four on DVD. So, 
All right, let's jump into this episode. I just, I thought this was cute. You know, Wesley finally getting a dog. Unfortunately, he doesn't want the dog because he's like, oh, I'm not into that anymore. It's like, you've been wanting a damn dog for the last four fucking years. Seriously, now that, but the thing that I don't get every damn time that he's gotten a dog They've just given him a dog. There's no, hey, let's let you pick out a dog that you might want. Not, here we go, we got you a dog. I guess, I mean, did it not matter? I mean, if I'm getting a dog, I don't want someone to just give me any old dog. I got an idea in mind of the kind of dog I want. You want to say in the type of dog you're going to get. Because that's a 10 to 12 year commitment depending on the breed that you get. Your lifeline is seriously dominant. I see something really, really big entering your life. Mm-hmm. Good afternoon. Oh, hey, Mr. Belvedere. This is my friend Ramona. Oh, hello, Ramona. Hi. She's into paranormal phenomena. You know, things that have no earthly explanation. Then she must meet Wesley. Please, time to go. Where are you off to, ladies? We're going to a seminar on rebirthing. Hi, guys. Hi, Mr. Bumper Sticker. <laughs> Why don't you take her with you? She could use a second chance. Hi, Ange. What are you doing here? We're supposed to go to the movies, remember? No. Oh, that's probably because I forgot to ask. Um, so you want to? Well, actually, Ramona and I are going to rebirthing. It's a new age technique of spiritual enlightenment. Rebirthing sounds neat. All I remember about the first time is a lot of screaming and being dropped on my head. I knew it. I knew it. We don't want to be late. That's right. Well, see you later, Ange. So the cold open, we have Heather in the kitchen with her school friend Ramona, who is all about the paranormal and whether she's a psychic or a seer, someone who reads poems. And Ramona looks kind of reads uh, Heather's palm and says, I see something big in your future. And then Belvedere comes in. Heather introduces Ramona to Belvedere. And Heather mentions how, oh, this is Ramona. She's big into the uh, paranormal or stuff like that. And um, unexplained things on earth or whatever and Belvedere makes a joke like oh she must have met Wesley I'm gonna play this because this was funny so Mr. Belvedere asks the question where are you ladies off to and Heather tells him that she and Ramona are going to a seminar about rebirthing some type of new age thing and this is when Heather's friend Angela comes in and says Heather aren't we going to the movies and Heather's like, I don't remember anything about that. And that's because Angela didn't ask her yet. And Belvedere makes a point to say, why don't you take Angela with you? Because, as we know, Angela always mispronounces Belvedere's name. She calls him Mr. Bumper Sticker. But pretty much Heather and Ramona, they don't want to bring Angela. They exclude her. Like, no, no, I have this new friend. Thank you. You can stay here. Goodbye. Angela makes a joke before Heather and Ramona leave about how um, I don't know a lot about rebirthing other than there's a lot of screaming and I was dropped on my head. And Belvedere's like, I knew it! I knew it! So Heather and Ramona leave and Angela hops on to the stool next to the kitchen island and hey, Mr. Bedwetter. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think that is one of the best insults yet so far that she's had. Well, not so much an insult in her mind, she just does not remember his. I swear, there's one time she actually does get his name right. She tells him, well, I guess it's just you and me, Mr. Bedwetter. And Belvedere takes his cup of tea. He's like, oh, guess again, I'm leaving. And then we go to the living room where Wes is slowly coming down the stairs. And then he sits on the couch next to Kevin. Wes, what happened to your shoes, Wes? Because he's got the bottoms of his shoes like practically ripped off from they're just hanging in scraps wesley did this deliberately because he thinks like oh mom and dad will see how bad my shoes are and they'll give me money to buy new ones like what a piece of poop kid 
But at this point in season five, are we really surprised by anything that Wesley does? I don't think we are. I'm going to play this clip. Hey, Wes, what'd you do to your shoes? <laughs> Nothing, just usual wear and tear. Plus, I put them in the microwave. Why? I'm trying to ruin them so Dad will buy me a pair of those Armani high tops. Yeah, dream on. They cost 120 bucks. When I have to make a quick getaway, I need state-of-the-art equipment. Forget it, Wes. I never got sneakers like that. So, as Wesley's slowly coming down the stairs with those shoes, you can hear them flopping because the bottom, the soles of the shoe are, like, falling off of his feet. And he goes and sits down next to Kevin and he props his shoes up on the coffee table and Kevin looks, it's like, Wes, what do you do to your shoes? And Wesley's like, well, nothing, just the normal wear and tear. And I also put them in the microwave. So Kevin's like, why? Wesley says he wants his dad to buy him these new Armani high tops. I want to see if something like that even exists. I really highly doubt anything like that existed. Well, I'm wrong. I guess they do exist. Armani Emporial high top for 395 fucking dollars. But the ones that Wesley wants only cost 120 fucking dollars. Which, hey, if Danny Tanner would not splurge... For $160 blowout shoes for DJ. No way in hell George is going to spend $120 on Armani high tops. Which Wesley says, I need something so I can make a clean getaway. Like, you're... I'd be like, get the duct tape out. Duct tape up those damn shoes. You're wearing them until they disintegrate off your feet. Because even Kevin says, no way, Wes, you think that dad's going to spend money on new shoes for you? He never did that shit for me. Well, George comes home and he's got a surprise for Wesley, but it's not Armani High Tops. It's a dog. He uh, mentions how the dog was one step away from that needle to take him to doggy heaven. (laughs) I'm going to play this clip. Hey, Westman, have I got something for you? <laughs> You've been begging me a long time for this, pal. Why, Father, whatever could it be? You ready, buddy? You bet I'm ready. Okay, pal, here you go. <laughs> Isn't he great? Hey, Wes, you finally got a dog. Yeah, finally. <laughs> okay, so George pops his head inside the front door. And he says, hey, have I got something for you? You've been begging me a long time for this, bud. And Wesley's pretending to play stupid. Like, why, father, whatever could it be? As he slips off his torn up shoes. (laughs) So George opens the door wider and in sprints a cute, this has got to be one of the cutest little dogs I've ever seen. And Wesley's face just falls like, "Ah." and that's when Kevin kind of gets up off the couch too. He's like, hey, Wes, look, you finally got a dog. I'm like, are we going to just pretend that um, Winston and um, Rambo don't exist, didn't exist because they were only there for like, not even a full day. (laughs) Uh, But I like Spot. I like Spot. I think he's so cute. And this dog, I think, is only in, like, one other episode. Okay, um, hearing the dog kind of... I'm wondering, is that coming out of the dog's mouth? Or is that somebody else, like, Frank Welker, providing that... Sound. Because we know that he does animal voices. We know this. I think he's the voice of Santa's little helper on The Simpsons. And probably Snowball, too. And... Every other cartoon animal that you could even remotely think of from the 80s and 90s and probably even today has been done by Frank Welker. So we come out of the intro. Wesley's now on the couch as Spot is scrambling 
all over him. And George is like, hey, Wes, look, he's crazy about you. And Wes was like, sure he is. I just had a hamburger. Like, what a dick. Wesley, he gave you a damn dog. Be a little fucking happy. You're not going to get Armani high tops. Put that out of your mind. Treat this dog with respect because it utterly deserves it because it's the cutest damn dog and the, one of the cutest dogs aside from Wishbone I've ever seen in my life. So Belvedere comes in after watering some plants. He's got them in his hand and George is like, hey Wes, show Belvedere your new dog. As Belvedere's like, great, another animal in the house. Marcia comes down, she's wearing her waitress outfit, and she's holding a um, hula hoop. Now, unless she's just bringing it down, probably because she's been, the actress has been told to for this scene, why on earth would she have a hula hoop in her hand? I don't know. So George is all like, come on, Wes, tell your mom what... I gotcha. And Wes was like, Dad got me a new dog. And Marcia's like, how about that, Wes? And here you thought we'd never get you. They, you've gotten him two damn dogs. Two. Two. Got him. One, two dogs. Because Marcia's like, I know I'm surprised. <sighs> writers. Continuity. Just because it's the last two seasons and just because there's new writers and because the show is syndicated does not mean you can't afford continuity i'm angry just because those dogs were on screen less than an episode less than a full episode less than a day doesn't mean we shouldn't acknowledge their existence poor rambo poor winston you have my acknowledgement i'm gonna play this clip wesley stop being a snot Hey, 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 look, Wes, he's nuts about you. Of course he is. I just had a hamburger. <laughs> Hello, George. Hey, Wes, show Belvedere your new friend. Just what we need, another animal in the house. <laughs> hey, tell your mom the news, Wes. Dad got me a dog. Oh, that's wonderful, honey. After all this time, I bet you thought we'd never get you one. <laughs> I know, I'm surprised. Well, the uh, station sent me to the pound to do a public service announcement. This little guy was only minutes away from the big needle. You know, a one-way ticket to hound heaven. Oh, you poor baby. Come here, pumpkin. Come here. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, great. You know, I bet if I took him to the restaurant with me, I would clean up on tips. Uh, what are you going to name him, Wes? I don't know. Come on, Wes. You used to think of great names for dogs. Attila, Moamar, Geraldo. <laughs> I guess I'll call him Spot. No doubt in honor of what he'll do to the carpets. <laughs> oh, okay, so the, the station that he works at sent George to the animal shelter to do a public service announcement. Gotcha. And he says that Spot, well, the dog is not named yet, um, that this dog was just about to get that lethal injection shot on his one-way ticket to hound heaven and he decided why not get wesley a dog since he's been wanting one for forever and marcia says oh come here sweetie as the dog jumps down from the couch and then like goes back and forth between the hula hoop that she holds on the floor like i bet if i took him to the restaurant i would clean up on tips you're living off of tips, Marsha? I mean, George has got to be making bank with that uh, that newscast job, which good for you, George, but come on, Marsha, you're better than that. Well, there's nothing wrong being a waitress, but you've spent the last four seasons going to law school. Look at all the money you've spent going to law school. Oh, my God. This is... I'm sorry. I'm, I got to stop complaining about it, please. So, George is like, well, what are you going to name the little guy? And what's his name? I don't know. And Kevin brings up the fact that Wesley was always great with dog names. Don't get Winston. Don't get Rambo. We get our Attila, like Attila the Hun, Moamar. I don't know who that is. Geraldo? Are you kidding me? Oy vey. So Wesley just settles on Spot. Like, oh, he's got spots on him. Spot, Spot. That's a great name. And... He's just half-assing this. He does not care about this dog. You'd think that they just dropped a cat in his lap. Like, here you go, here's a cat, have fun with it. 
No, um, Quinn, I'm sorry if you're under the bed. I didn't mean it. I love you, Quinny. Um, <laughs> Belvedere's like, Spot, well, I can imagine that's what he'll do to the carpet shortly. So Wesley starts to head upstairs. Spot races after him, but before Wesley even steps foot under the stairs, he turns around, points to Spot, and says, No, you stay here. Wesley heads upstairs. Spot zooms right up after him. And George kind of looks at Marsha, Belvedere, and Kevin like, I don't get it. What is with him? You'd think he'd be, like, jumping for joy that I got him this dog. And Belvedere says, Well, just give him time, you know? The dog is new. It takes a bit to warm up to him. Sure. Two seasons later, somehow Wesley is gr like grown out of wanting a dog. <laughs> Who grows out of wanting a dog? Or any pet for that matter. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, you know, if a kid doesn't want a pet, you know, that's nothing on them. Like, big deal. I mean, come on. If you don't like it, want an animal, you don't want an animal. No. You know, I'm not, you know, whatever. But, mm. You'd think the ones that wanted animals as kids would still want them once, you know, a couple years down the road. Oh, George makes a joke about Belvedere or something like, oh, it took us a year or so to housebreak you. And, he, and George and Kevin laugh at that. Like, oh my goodness. Stay there. <laughs> you know, the kid sure doesn't seem very excited. Oh, don't worry, George. Spot's new. He'll take some time getting used to. Eh, you're right, Belvedere. I mean, it took damn near a year to housebreak you. <laughs> so Wesley's up in his room. Surprise, surprise, he's actually working on homework. And he's looking for a ruler. Like, where's my ruler? And then Spot goes and grabs it off Wesley's bed. Why is this ruler on his bed? I don't really want to know that the answer to that question. And Spot hands it to Wesley. And Wesley's like, oh, you think you're real cute, don't you? Then he asks, where were you when I really wanted a dog? Now it's too late. And I'm thinking, I don't think wanting a dog has an expiration date. I mean, you want one when you're a kid. I mean, do you automatically stop wanting one when you get to be a teenager? I don't know. So Wesley decides to just go to bed. And he takes Spot and puts him outside the door. And the dog is... Uh, you know he's going to be scratching at the door to get back in. And there's a knock at the door, and George brings in Spot, saying, Hey, buddy, you forgot somebody. As he places, because Wesley's got a bunk bed, and Wesley sleeps on the top bunk. Like, you really want to put the dog up on the top bunk? I mean, it's not like a, where a cat jumps off and it lands on its feet. I don't think a dog's going to, I don't know. So George just thinks it's the cutest thing he's ever seen. Yells for Marcia to bring the camera. And Marcia comes in. She's like, oh, what are we looking at? And George is like, well, look at Wesley with his dog. And she's like, hey, I bet if I bring the camera and the dog to the restaurant, you can't bring the dog into the restaurant with you. She wants to put a chef's hat on spot and charge a customers a buck to have their picture taken with the dog. So I'm going to play this clip here. Where's my ruler? You think you're pretty smart, don't you? You've seen that one three times already, okay? Where were you when I really wanted the dog? Now it's too late. Forget it, I'm going to bed. Man, you forgot someone. Dad. <laughs> hey, is that a Christmas card or what? <laughs> hey, Marsha, bring the camera. Come on, Dad. Marsh, hurry up. George, what is it? Oh, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Well, quick, take a picture. Hey, I should bring the dog and the camera to the diner, put a chef's hat on the dog, pose him with the customers, and charge a buck a shot. 
Okay. Say doggy biscuit. Doggy bird. <laughs> so now we have Heather dressing like Ramona, and they're going to go to a psychic fair where they have uh, mediums and other sorts of paranormal phenomenon people things. And when they open the door, Heather's friend Angela is there hoping they'll go to the mall. But it's like, Heather can't even speak for herself. She's letting her new friend dictate what they do, how she dresses. And they're like, oh, no, Angela, you won't like this. It's about, like, channeling and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, what you do with a remote to change the picture. Like, no. <laughs> and Ramona goes on to talk about spirits inhabiting bodies and stuff like this. Like, for crying what? So Belvedere kind of guilts Heather and Ramona into taking Angela with them to the psychic fair. It's like... Heather, this is your friend. You've known her a lot longer than you've known this Ramona girl. And I don't like how Heather is just changing her appearance and her attitude and her outlook on life. Like, she needs a friend that she needs to impress and everything. It's like, it's one thing if you kind of grow a friendship, you know, you move on and stuff like that. But, I don't get it. Heather's kind of being... A major butt right now. I mean, not Wesley level. Wesley's just being a major dick in this episode. But Heather, it's like, don't do that to your friend. So Angela decides to go and get a drink of water from someplace. This guy that this Ramona is so jazzed about seeing, he's like wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. He just looks like some guy who sits on his fucking couch and watches... TV all day and eats Doritos or whatever the fuck. Um, Ramona's being a bitch. She wants Heather to ditch Angela because, quote-unquote, she's an airhead, let's ditch her. Heather's a little bit like, I don't know, Angela's been my friend since we were little kids. Why are you letting this girl boss you around, Heather? I thought you were better than this. Stand up to the pressure. I mean, I doubt that Heather really wanted to dress like Ramona, but Ramona clearly is calling the shots in this friendship. This is a very toxic relationship that Heather has entered into. (laughs) So Ramona makes up this damn lie about her sister Marcy getting a flat tire and how she contacted Ramona at that psychic event, and Angela's like, how did she, what do you mean, she called you on the phone or something? And... Like, no, she contacted me telepathically, and yes, I will go and help you with your flat tire. So Ramona grabs Heather's hand, and they rush out of there. It's like, come on, Heather, stand up for yourself. So it finally dawns on Angela, because she's like, oh, I'll take the bus home. Wait a minute, I drove here. And then she's like, wait, they ditched me. They took your fucking car! Damn it, girl! Get a head on those shoulders. So now we're back at the house, and Belvedere comes in and sees Wesley there. Like, how long have you been here? And Wesley's like, oh, a few hours. And Belvedere's like, well, wait a minute. You know, for someone who's wanted a dog all these years, you sure as hell don't seem to give a shit about the dog that was given to you. And Wesley makes this excuse, like, oh, well, I always wanted a big floppy dog. You know, the kind that would rip out someone's throat. What the fuck? And I love how Belvedere is talking up Spot. Like, you know, Spot's pretty exceptional. And Wesley's like, he ain't that great. As George opens the door, and it's wintertime clearly because he's all bundled up in a heavy winter coat. This is adorable! Oh my gosh! I need to take a picture of this dog. He is dressed in a coat. And a red hat. And a makeshift skateboard scooter that's got a little handlebar for Oh my gosh! As George comes in and says, come on, buddy, come on. I thought he was, like, gonna be pulling, like, a mini sleigh with, like, some logs on it or something for the fire. I love Belvedere's sarcastic comment here, comment how he says, you're right, Wesley, he can't even pop a wheelie. So I'm gonna play this clip. <laughs> How long have you been in the house? A couple of hours. You know, Wesley, for somebody who has wanted a dog all these years, you certainly seem indifferent. 
Yeah, well, I always wanted a big floppy dog. One that could be a real friend and uh, rip someone's throat out. <laughs> it's, it's quite extraordinary. Well, he's not so special. Come on, boy. Wesley, he can't even pop a wheelie. Hey, buddy, we gotta have a talk. Sure, Dad. You haven't done squad with that dog in four days. I don't think Spot needs any help in that department. Listen, Wes, this dog is your responsibility. You feed him, you walk him, you carry the pooper scooper. I'm giving you one more chance, otherwise he's out of here. Yes, sir. Well, Spotty boy, looks like you're walking on thin ice. So George has got a major beef with Wes, which I can definitely agree. Here he says, Wes, you haven't done anything with this dog in four days. He is your responsibility. You walk him, you take care of his shit, you feed him, all that jazz. Otherwise, he's fucking gone. I'll give him back to the pound and they can put him back to sleep where which they were gonna do to begin with. And Wesley's like, alright, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And he takes Spot and he's like, well, Spotty boy, looks like you're on thin ice. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm solely putting the blame here on uh, on Wes here. His behavior is just... just unacceptable. But then again, maybe George should have asked Wesley, like, hey, I'm go let him know. You're you had to have known you were going down to the animal shelter anyway. Say, hey, Wes, I'm heading down to the animal shelter to do a public service announcement. Do you want to go look at the dogs while I'm there? Or, you know, this is your opportunity. You, But then again, George probably didn't go there with the intention of maybe I can get Wes a dog. He just, you know, saw a dog that was about ready to, you know, his number was up. And he's like, you know, uh... Last minute de decision, he's like, well, I'll take him, I'll take him, don't kill him. I'll take him home to my kid, my kid's always wanted a dog. So Heather and Ramona come back, and Heather's airing out her guilt about having ditched Angela, and then they're both surprised to see Angela sitting in that, that chair, talking with this really high voice and giving advice to people. Like, now she's like the guru, or the medium, or the psychic, or, or whatever you want to call her. And at first I, I thought, like, Ramona was wearing a Blossom hat, but it's like the sides are so tur turned so far up, it looks like she's wearing a black cowboy hat. Like, what the f- oof. So Heather goes home to complain about the whole thing, and I see- I just now notice Kevin. Wesley's got a little mini mullet thing going on, but then again, so does Kevin. It's like, it's season five, let's grow our hair out a little bit. So now in the kitchen, Wesley, we see Spot sitting in the middle of what looks like Captain Crunch all over the floor and some other shit. And Wesley's like ripping uh, cardboard pieces apart to make a mess, to make it look like Spot like intentionally like ripped shit up and made a mess on the floor. And the dog is just, he's like, here, Spot, here, rip this to pieces. And Spot just looks at him. Spot must know that Wesley is trying to do him in. And he's just looking at him like, I don't want any part in this. I'm just trying to be a good dog here. I want you to love me. And you are trying to get me thrown out of the house. This poor dog. This is terrible. So Wesley hears a car, and it's his parents coming in, and he figures since his dad said you have one last chance with this dog, and it's going bye-bye if it fucks up at all in any way. So I'm going to play this clip. You want to help, boy? Here, take this and rip it up. Rip it to pieces. You're sure no party animal. <laughs> Spot, stay. Five, four, three, two, one. Wesley! Yeah. <laughs> oh no, bad dog. Just look at all this junk. He must have been hungry and got into Belvedere's private stash. <laughs> Not those. 
Please say it wasn't the hope. Sorry, Mr. Belvedere. You beast. How were they? You must have forgot to feed him again. That's the last straw, Wes. This dog is out of here. Dad, give me one last chance and I messed up. I'm sorry I let you down, Spot. I just don't deserve you. Now you have to go back to the pound. Oh. oh I'll be in my room. George. Uh, wait a minute, pal. I can't do it. Can't do what? Send Spot back to the pound. But you said one more chance and he's out of here. I know. <laughs> it's just he's so cute. He loves you so darn much. So don't worry, Westman. Spot's yours forever. And get this stuff cleaned up. <laughs> so Wesley hears his parents coming, and he decides to go into the living room, kind of hang back by the swinging door, to listen for George's reaction, which does not take longer than five seconds. As George screams, Wesley! And Wesley goes in there, and he fakes shame Spot, like, oh, how could you do this, Spot? Oh, now you're definitely gone for sure. And they're just like this, the dog is just sitting in this mess, and I just, I feel, my heart breaks for him, because Wesley's sabotaging him like this. And the dog just wants someone to love him. And George makes a joke about how Spot got into Belvedere's private stash of food as Belvedere comes in from the side door with a basket of apples. He's like, oh no, not the ho-hos. Say it wasn't the ho-hos. And he's like, you little beast. And then he asks Spot, well, how were they? <laughs> like, And the dog, they keep cutting back to everyone's reactions or from their reactions to Spot's reaction as he's just looking at these people like, I didn't do this. Why are you all blaming me? So Wesley's all like, well, I'm sorry. I guess I forgot to feed him again. It's like, fuck you. Could you add a little sincerity to that, Wes? Because this is just coming off as total bullshit. And George doesn't want to hear like, that's it. I gave you a chance. The dog is gone, Wes. And Wesley bends down to Spot's level and says, I'm sorry, boy. Dad gave me one last chance and I blew it. I guess you're going back to the pound. And then, so is Wes trying to fake cry here? He's like, I'll be in my room. As he starts to walk away towards the door. So Wesley turns to go, hand on the door. And we cut back to Spot, who's on his hind legs. He's and that just breaks Marsha's heart, tears at her heartstrings. She's like, George, come on, don't do this. Which I gotta say, I don't think that George's heart is completely in taking Spot back. Because he caves, like, almost immediately. So George is like, wait a minute, Wes. He's like, I can't do this. I can't send him back to the pound. And Wesley's all like, well, wait a minute. You said one last shot and he's out of here. And it's just like, well, seeing how Spot just loves you so much and every, I, I just, I can't send him away. It's like, yeah, Wesley, just give Spot a chance. Your reasoning for not wanting him is just absolutely pathetic. So George is like, well, Spot's yours forever, Wes. You don't gotta worry about it. He's not going anywhere. And also, clean this shit up, please. Thank you. So in the next scene, Wesley is in his room. He's got the dog carrier, and we hear the toilet flush. And Wesley's like, I can't get rid of you, Spot. I treat you like garbage. You still suck up to me. I don't walk you. You learn to use the bathroom on your own. So Spot jumps off his the top of his kennel, grabs the... What we later find out is a deck of cards, and Wes is like, no, I don't want to play Pinochle again. You always win. I've never played Pinochle, but I've heard of it. I don't know how to play it, though. This dog is just trying every single attempt in the book to get this boy to like him. Or at least, I mean, if not, you know, appreciate him or, or, or something. You know, this kind of reminds me of um, that season, I think it's season four, episode one, the cast-offs of Little House, or it's just called cast-offs, of Little House on the Prairie after Jack passes away. 
Charles goes out and buy. He doesn't buy the dog. Uh, Bandit just shows up on his wagon. He brings the dog home. Like, this is fresh off of, like, not even a full day, I don't think, has passed since Jack's death. And Laura is like, I don't want the dog. Go away from me. Get away. And the dog finally does take off, and she goes to find him, and she's, like, pleading with him, like, please, I love you, I love you, Bandit, please come back. So Wesley's plan is to take Bandit and send him to Hollywood so he can go live with Betty White, and she'll make sure he gets a good home. I thought his plan was to send, I thought, when he said Hollywood, I thought it was, like, I'm gonna send you to Hollywood, you're really smart, and maybe you can be, like, on a TV show, or, like... One of those pets do the funniest things or something to that effect or be in the movies. He can be the next Wishbone, although Wishbone didn't come out until like, what, 94, 95, 94, I think. So it's still five years off from what he could have been Wishbone. So Wesley just kind of sits, you know, sitting on the floor, eye level with Spot, and says, hey, look, it's nothing personal. If you'd have showed up three years ago, I might have been more jazzed about having you in my life. But it's just the way that it is. It's the way the cookie crumbles. And I look, the dog is just staring right at Wesley, like, I don't know what you want me to do exactly. I want you to like me, but I, I can't force you to like me. Wesley's calling Federal Express. I don't think you can send a dog that way. And, of course, Spot is like, well, I'm just gonna walk myself out the door because you don't want me. It's like, this dog has had enough. This kid does not want him. He's tired of trying. He's fighting a losing battle, it feels like. So I'm gonna play the clip. I was going to take you out. Couldn't you wait one minute? <laughs> Spot, I've tried everything to get rid of you. I treat you lousy, you suck up to me more. I don't walk, you teach yourself to use the toilet. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> no, I don't want to play Pinochle again. You always win. <laughs> I'm sending you on a little trip to Hollywood. There's this lady out there, Betty White. She really likes animals, and she'll make sure you get a good home. It's nothing against you personally. Maybe if I'd met you a few years ago, I don't know. It's just, well, you ought to be with someone who really wants you and loves you. Hello, Federal Express. The tables have definitely turned as we go down to the living room. Heather is bored. She's lost not only her best friend, but her new friend, Ramona, since uh, Angela is now a spirited medium. I guess she's obtained Ramona as her follower now. She's got, like, a big cult of followers, like... Okay, now uh, Heather does not have any friends. There's a knock at the door. It's Heather, uh, excuse me, no, it's um, Angela. And she's wearing this lilac-colored sister-wife dress. It's got a really long train. And we see Ramona holding the train up almost like someone would at a wedding. So, Heather says, Angela, drop the act or never speak to you again. And Heather's like, well, I don't care. I'll just go find my followers and talk to them. Apparently, this guy who runs a psychic medium thing at the psychic fair, Lars, is like a dairy farmer person. So, Belvedere says, why don't you talk to Lars? Maybe he can get through to Angela, and you'll get your best friend back. So, in the next scene, uh, Marcia gets off the phone, finds that Wesley's not at the Huffnagles, and George has tried the knob nostril. What the fuck kind of weird, fucked up, last name neighbors do they got? 
So George says, hey, why don't we try the police? And Marcia's like, well, I tried them an hour ago, and they said thank you for the warning. Like, Now Wesley walks through the door. They're probably like, where the hell have you been? So I'm going to play this clip. You better have one hell of an explanation, kid. I lost Spot. How could you lose Spot? He's always one step behind you. I guess he didn't like it here anymore, and he sort of left. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. You treated him like a dog. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Well, let's get in the car and drive around the neighborhood. He can't be far. Where were you when you lost him? In my room. No wonder. You could lose an elephant in that mess. <laughs> I hope you're satisfied, mister. I don't know. Maybe I am. Hey, what the hell is going on? For years you begged for a dog. We finally go out and get you one that makes Benji look like a moron, and you don't even want him. So Spot can jump through a hoop. But what about the hoops you made me jump through all those years? What do you mean? Every time I asked for a dog, there was always a deal. Get your grades up. Keep your room clean. Close the casino in the basement. <laughs> Other kids have dogs just because they're kids. Well, you're not some other kid. You're our kid. And you live under this roof. And you play by our rules. I tried, but I couldn't win. One day, I walked into a pet shop and looked at all the dogs and realized that I was never going to get one. So I gave up. Then you come in with Spot, and I'm supposed to jump up and down. Well, you better keep jumping, pal. You already got one foot in the woodshed. Yes, sir. Wes? Why didn't you just tell us how you feel? I couldn't. I was too mad. So you punished that poor dog? That's the worst part. I wouldn't let myself like him. But when I was out there looking for him, I was worried that something bad might have happened to him. Then I realized what a great dog he is. So what are you going to do about this? I don't know. I'd do anything to get him back. I'll consider that a blank check. Spot! <laughs> How'd you find him? I channeled Lassie. <laughs> After that, the rest was easy. So, as you heard in the clip, Wesley comes in, they ask where Spot is, he's like, I don't know, I lost him. And Marcia's like, well, what do you mean you lost him? He's always usually one step behind you. And Wesley's like, well, I guess he just figured that uh, he wanted to go find someone else that would actually appreciate him. And George says, you know, I'm not surprised. You treat that dog like utter garbage. Or he says, you treated him like a dog. So Marcia advises, hey, let's get in the car. Let's drive around. We can go look for him. And George, uh, just, George is like, well, where were you when you lost him? And Wesley's like, eh, I was in my room. But over here sitting in an armchair kind of watching all of this go down. He's like, well, I'm not surprised. You could lose an elephant in that room. So arms crossed, Marcia looks at Wes and says, well, I hope you're satisfied. And Wesley is like, well, maybe I am. And George is like, what the hell is going on with you? You've always wanted a dog. We finally go out and get you one, and you could care less. And the thing is, Wesley's like, yeah, I wanted a dog, and it seems like there was always something that I had to do to earn the dog, you know, get my grades up, keep my room clean, and this and that. Oh, George's comment. He's like, we finally get you a dog that makes Benji look like a moron. <laughs> like, oh, poor Benji. Someone does not like Benji out there. They wrote that joke in there. So how, how Wesley words this is like, so Spot can jump through a hoop. Big deal. What about the hoops that you made me jump through all those years? And George is like, what are you talking about? So Wesley stands up from the couch and he's like, whenever I wanted a dog, there was always a deal. I had to get my grades up. I had to keep my room clean. And it's like, well, and then he goes on to say that kids just get dogs because they want them. There's no, like, deal attached to it. Well, you don't necessarily know that. I mean, some kids, you know, I wa I've watched a lot of I Got a Puppy video. Watch them 
daily. I've been watching them for years. <laughs> um, a lot of them is these kids are like, oh, we finally got a dog. After I've been, you know, and the parents will say, we, we decided to go and get our kids a dog because they've been asking for years and years and years. We've been putting it off until they're a little older and just, you know, waiting for the kids to be more responsible. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. They want, you know... There's nothing wrong with earning, like, working towards a goal of getting a dog. They want to make sure the dog is being taken care of, and by you having responsibilities, cleaning your room, doing this and that, that shows that you're responsible. Because taking care of a dog is a whole, it's almost like raising a child. You're feeding it, you're walking it, you're taking care of its shit. And all of that stuff. And then some of these videos, I see, you know, the parents are more so getting the dogs more for themselves than their kids. Or, um, some of the parents usually will have the dog already named before they bring the dog into the house and everything like that. And, you know, you see these kids like, oh, it's a dog. They're screaming. They're pulling on its fur and trying to hug it and freaking the dog. And these poor dogs in some of these videos, these puppies just look absolutely horrified. Like, what? Where am I? What's going on? Why is this kid screaming in my face? And as many promises as kids like, oh, I'll do everything and this and that. Usually it's the parents that have to take care of everything, which does make sense in a way. Kids will make these idle promises about, oh, I'll clean up after it, I'll wash it, I'll brush it, I'll take it for a walk. And you know that's only going to last for so long. Jeremy was telling me about um, this kid, or this uh, person that he knows. The person's kid got a guinea pig, like, last fall. And the kid is, like, young, and all of a sudden, you know, the family's got a dog. Now the kid doesn't want the guinea pig anymore. So, um, they asked, like, if we would want it because we've had a, a guinea pig before. And I'm just, we have three pets. We have Quinn, who's six years old, London, who just turned three, he's my rabbit, and Liesl, who I got in January. I don't need to have four furry family members. That is too much responsibility, even for myself. So, I just, I feel bad. I'm not saying that all kids are irresponsible when they go out and get a small pet, but it's like the novelty wears off. With Easter is just around the corner. Do you want to, can you imagine how many parents go out and get a rabbit, or they go out and get a little baby chick because they're cute the novelty wears off and then you realize you actually have to work at it you don't gotta take a rabbit outside or you don't gotta walk it every hour and everything like that but you do have to keep their cage cleaned and that is that's work I do that with London twice a week I clean out his his poopy toity I give him water every morning I do the you know thing with Quinn London and Liesl Liesl's a hamster and it just, I do that in the morning. It's a routine. It's what I do as soon as I get up and everything like that. So it's just, some kids, and, and, and I see some of these things about, uh, you know, animal shows. Like, oh, small animals are perfect for little kids and this and that. It teaches them responsibility. It's like, yes, but a parent still has to monitor that. Just because it's a dog doesn't mean that or just because it's not a dog doesn't mean that it doesn't deserve the respect when you bring it into your house. I mean, I told Jeremy, I'm like, a guinea pig is at least a five-year commitment. And George makes a point of saying, you know, you are not some other kid. You are our kid. And while you live under this roof, you're going to abide by our rules. And I notice that Belvedere kind of walks out of the room for a moment. So I'm guessing he's going to find the dog. Like, it's just hiding somewhere in the house. And Wesley's like, well, I tried to follow your rules. I went into a pet shop, looked at all the dogs, and thought to myself, I'm never going to get one. He had two! Two dogs! They 
they're not going to acknowledge Rambo and uh, Winston's existence. Uh, this drives me nuts. Continuity. I know I mentioned that earlier. So apparently after he realized he's never going to get a dog, he just gave up? Ugh, Wesley, Wesley, Wesley. And then he says, well, now you show up with Spot and I'm just supposed to jump for joy? This is just really fucking stupid and lazy on the writer's part, on Wesley's part. This whole argument makes no goddamn sense. It really doesn't. I, I, I'm sure there are people out there that probably wanted a dog as a kid, were probably told, no, I'm not getting you a dog when you get your own place as an adult, you can have one. And then those people later on, when they move out on their own, they get a dog or they get a cat. They don't stop wanting to get an animal just because they can't get one at that time. So Marshall's like, Wesley, why don't you just tell us how you felt? And Wesley's like, well... Because I was too mad. And she, point blank, and I'm like, I agree with Marshy. So, so you punished that little dog. What the hell is wrong with you, Wesley? If you could see the tears in that little doggy's eyes. When Wesley is like, I'm sorry, I just, you should go to a home where someone will actually appreciate you and, and care about you and take care of you. Because I clearly don't. It's too late for me. I, I'm not, I was like... What the hell? That poor dog! It just broke my heart seeing those tears in that dog's eyes. That whimpering, that crying. So Wesley says, you know, that's the thing. I wouldn't let myself like him, but I was out there looking for him and just so scared that something bad could have happened to him. So it took losing spot and thinking something bad happened to him for Wesley to finally realize what a great dog. This dog is on a little skateboard scooter. He's playing pinochle with you. He's learning how to use the toilet. This dog is bending over backwards, probably doing cartwheels and backflips just to impress you. How many dogs are going to do that to impress their owners? <laughs> or, and, you know... So George just says, well, Wesley, what are you going to do about all this? And Wesley's like, I don't know, but I'd do anything to get him back. Belvedere comes around the corner of the stairs holding Spot. Was he hiding the dog in his room for this very moment? He must have been hiding the dog. Like, here, Spot, you stay in here. We'll sort this out. I'll bring you down. It'll be some grand celebration. I'm sure Spot's like, whatever, whatever to be included. I just want Wesley to like me. So Belvedere comes down the stairs. Let's go a spot. And Wesley's like, spot! And the dog jumps into Wesley's arms. As Wesley's holding him, he looks at Belvedere like, how did you find him? And I love Belvedere's response of, well, I channeled Lassie. <laughs> I gotta hand it to Belvedere. He's got some quips. He really, he's got some good zingers. So that's what, okay, so we get back to this whole thing. This thing with Heather and Angela is just fucking stupid. Um, I, so Angela's spirit name is Lars, and she speaks in this weird, fucked up, high, whatever. They hug it out. They're good. They're solid. Now we cut to Mr. Belvedere's room. Wesley comes in, and Belvedere's like, hey, where's Spot? Apparently, Spot can do geometry, because he's doing Wes's geometry homework. Wow, that dog is... George, you picked a winner there. You picked a brilliant, brainiac dog. Beautiful. He's, this dog is beautiful. I wonder what kind of a mixed breed Spot is. So Wesley goes over to Mr. Belvedere and says, Mr. Belvedere, you had Spot the whole time, so you just let me go through all that to realize what a conniving piece of crap I was? And Belvedere says, yes, of course, that's exactly what I did. That's why I did it. So Belvedere tells Wesley that the way you felt about Spot is exactly how I felt, I felt about you when I first came here. You know, you're cute. And you were funny, you followed me around and everything like that. But eventually, I got used to you. So, Belvedere talks about the blank check that he was going to uh, give Wesley to fill out as a form of payment for finding Spot. 
And he's like, oh, breakfast in bed every day for the rest of my life. And Wesley's like, wait, what? And Belvedere's like, yeah, that blank check, I just filled it in. Congrats. So I'm going to play this clip and I'll be right back. Come in. Oh, hello, Wesley. Where's Spot? Doing my geometry homework. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere, you knew where Spot was, but you let me go through all that. Was it to teach me a lesson and show me what a despicable, conniving rat I really am? Of course. <laughs> Just checking. Good night. Wesley, there is one other thing. I understand how you felt about Spot. You do? Yes. I felt the same way about you when I first came here. <laughs> you were little and clever and full of cute little tricks. And I couldn't stand you either. I thought you liked me. That was the problem. I did. And since I didn't know how long I was going to be here, I didn't want to get attached. Aren't you glad you stayed? Oh, indeed. I looked forward to having my breakfast in bed for the rest of my life. What do you mean? Remember that blank check? Well, I just filled it in. You're gonna hold me to that? You better get to bed. The hens lay early. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere will be right back. Angela and Heather appear once again to be best of friends. Angela even promised that if she dies before Heather, she'll visit Heather's body as a spirit. <laughs> Heather made Angela promise to eat healthy and never play in traffic. <laughs> Wesley seems to have grown up a bit, as he is honoring his obligations both to his pet and to me. <laughs> Wesley! <laughs> Some Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> You do windows. So we see Belvedere with breakfast in bed, courtesy of Wesley. He rings, Belvedere rings that little bell, and in comes Spot with like a little mini travel size of Worcestershire sauce. And it's just so cute. Belvedere's writing in his journal and everything, and everything's working out great. So that is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I thought this was cute. Um, if I had to rate this one, the teacup rating, let me think here. I'm going to rate it four out of five. The only thing I didn't like, of course, was the whole thing between Heather and Angela and the medium. I loved, uh, Spot. Absolutely loved him. I lo especially loved him with that little mini skateboard scooter thing, um, and the hat. Ugh. Adorable. Also, I loved how he used the bathroom and he got that deck of cards. I loved how Wesley finally realized that he wanted Spot, you know, after he thought he had lost the dog. And, of course, you know, at the end, with uh, Belvedere with breakfast in bed and Scott, or Scott, <laughs> Spot brings in that little Worcestershire sauce bottle. Very, very cute. Um, as far as for the Belvedere biscuit bite, um, what I learned from this episode is kids don't grow out of wanting an animal. If you want one as a kid and you don't get it, I'm sure you're still going to want one when you become a teenager and everything like that. Just animals are a big, big responsibility. That's probably why parents figure they want to wait till their kid is a little older to get a dog for the family so the kid will be able to learn responsibility by taking care of the animal. Um, when I was little, we had, um, Elvira, who passed away when I was 12, and then I would have gotten, I named the dog, this puppy Rocks, um, from Look Who's Talking Now, and sadly the 
you know, we lived in the country. The dog ran off. Um, after that, I think a year later, I went to the animal shelter and got Delilah a black lab. And she was about three years old. She lived, I think I was 19 or 20 when she passed away. So, um, if you're familiar with my other podcast on here, you know that I talk about wanting a golden retriever one day. And I still want, I've been on that golden retriever train for quite a long while. Um, so yeah. And I hope maybe one day I'll get one. But other than that, that's about it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had some fun with it, and I know I ranted and raved about, you know, Wesley's attitude and just this, the writer just either being lazy or stupid with, with with Wesley with this whole thing of growing out of wanting a dog. But, um, all right. And I'll probably be back, you know, in April. I, I might do a, a Belvedere episode once a month, possibly. So, all right, everyone. Have a great rest of the weekend. Bye-bye.